The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And once again, hello seekers, mystics, and keepers of the flame. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, brothers. Howdy. (laughs) Well, today we are continuing our Enlightenment Masterclass series and with part five, which we have titled Regaining Our Lost God Power. Now, before we launch into today's program, I thought we would just kind of briefly summarize where we've been so far because this is an extended series. So, we started out in part one of this series stressing the importance of being properly prepared as we seek to teach others the way. Now, this is all about knowing whereof we speak and realizing that we lead by example. Now, in part two, we focus on learning how to hear the Holy Spirit without interference or unnecessary noise, the signal-to-noise ratio, which we talk about a lot. And this process can be neatly wrapped up in Lord Maitreya's three Ds, discrimination, discernment, and determination, or knowing, understanding, and doing. Now, in part three, we examine the very real experience of having God's truth and the teachings of the Ascended Masters reviled because they may threaten the status quo and the collective strength of entrenched Orthodox belief. Not everybody wants to know about karma, reincarnation, and the essential accountability of being a co-creator with God. Now, in part four, we looked at life as a divine opportunity. In essence, we focused on life as literally a manifestation of God, and we touched on that power of God that we may individually exercise in our relationship with elemental life. And today, in part five of our series, we are going to uncover our soul's quest to regain the power we were endowed with in the beginning with God. So, throw it out to you guys. What happened? How do we How do we do this? How, did we forget? Did we get lost? And why would we, we give up such a beautiful and priceless gift as the power of God? You know, I've been asking myself that question for about <laughs> two million years now. <laughs> about two million, two million, yeah. Plus or minus, I guess. Thousands of embodiments. You know, it, it does come back to free will. And we chose to take physical embodiment and that you know, was a risky decision, but it's a way of learning and growing in God if you can follow the, the right path and get homework to God as we're all intended to do. Uh, somewhere along the line, we lost our way. And for many of us, it is in the story of the Garden of Eden, which is actually was a mystery school, which was sponsored by Lord Maitreya. Right. And uh, Adam and Eve are the typical souls that, that did <clears throat> lose their way, and um, they swallowed the lie. Well, the following ones, surely you shall not die. Surely you shall not die. And so that was the beginning of our fall. And once we lost that, of course, God, in his mercy, took the power from us. Because when you're making error, if you have too much power, you make more karma. 
And so that's why we don't have the power. Why, you know, in the Bible talks about Methuselah, didn't he live 900 and something years? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't people live that long anymore? It's because they've reduced our threefold flame so we can't sustain life that long in a physical form. Why? Because people were getting in a rut. They were making so much karma, you know, they were, instead of making it for 70 years, they're making it for 900 years. Right. And so that's why God reduced our power. So it's actually a mercy that we don't have the power we once have. But as we develop mastery, God will give it back to us. Well, as we're discussing this, I think that one of the simple ways to to capture this experience is that we descended literally descended into a, a denser form of life. We lowered our vibration. We lowered our vibration. What was the allure of that? Can you can you give us some idea kind of why we would have been attracted to that? Well, you know, when you descend into embodiment, of course, you, you come into a lower vibration, a more dense form. But the first three root races made their ascensions. Mm-hmm. And so what happened between the third between the third and the fourth? The fall. Yeah, well, there was something alluring about what the fallen angels had to say. And why, all of a sudden, did we start to believe that, well, maybe that's something we ought to try, you know? Well, you have to understand, and we've spent a lot of shows understanding the psychology of the fallen mm-hmm. angels and how they tricked us. I mean, we're, you know, we're innocent. You know, we were innocent. And so we didn't have the wisdom to know what is going to lead us down the wrong path. And so we fell for it. And, of course, a free will, we have the consequences of that. God didn't stop loving us. You know, and by our free will, we can return again, uh, hopefully wiser this time, so the, the the fallen ones will not trick us like they've been doing for a very long time. Well, you know, I, I think the question kind of remains as to weighing in your in your mind the the power and glory of God as a as a here and now experience, and this unknown density, if you will. I mean, this unknown um, option that we. We explore without fully understanding what it is and then unwittingly go too far. We can't see where we came from. Right. In other words, oh, you know, they don't treat you very well in that master school. They're so strict, you know. (laughs) Come on out. There's a whole world out there. You know, think of all the good you can do. You know, you're not helping anybody in that mystery school. Come on out. There's so much to do. And, of course, once they entice you out, they drop you like a rock. You know, <laughs> right. they have no need for you anymore. Well, and as you've said before, you know, the, the surely you will not die. It's very subtle. It's like you can take a chance. You can kind of throw the dice. It's okay because you're not going to lose anything really. You know, and I think the other thing that happened is we've been taught is that before we came into embodiment, physical <clears throat> embodiment, we didn't understand how really dense it was. Well, I'll, I won't forget who I am. I won't forget my path. I won't forget God in heaven. Well, guess what? We forgot. Mm-hmm. And once you forget, then you become vulnerable to false teachings and false truths. Yeah. You know, I read an article the other day about in the newspaper about young people leaving the Christian church when yes. they reach a certain age mm-hmm. because there's, there's no answers for them. It doesn't make sense. You know, why are people treated this way and so on and so forth? Because they haven't been taught the understanding of karma, reincarnation, free will, and so forth. So they say, this Christianity doesn't work. I'm going to go out and just be like everybody else, you know? Yeah. And so that's the plot. And these are tremendous light bearers, most of them, I'm sure. And, but they haven't been given the truth. And if you aren't given the truth, how can you do the right thing? You know, it's interesting. We have this um, spiritual but not religious group in our culture that's actually been growing quite a lot over the last 20, 30 years, where these people do want the spiritual experience. They're not leaving it entirely, but they don't want it inside the walls of a religion. They don't want a church necessarily. They want something broader, something maybe less formed. And it's interesting because that's kind of a corollary to what Adam and Eve may have 
been told as well. Well, you don't need, like you said, <laughs> that strict mystery school, you know, and that the food's terrible. You know, if you want to go here, you can expand your experience spiritually. You can grow. Think of all the people you can help. Yeah. <laughs> but by the same token, you go into many houses of worship today, and there seems to be, uh, there doesn't seem to be a flame there, you know. So, so a soul that has a flame and a real true desire and a quest for higher knowledge is not going to want to stay around there. Well, no. And, you know, I think it was you, Sid, some months back mentioned that in a study, they were looking at the average age of most Western religious followers. And they were, in some cases, like the Methodists were in the 80s. <laughs> I, it was a quite remarkable. Yeah. You know, even in this organization, I think that the, the median age is, in the median, probably the average age is somewhere in the mid-50s, I would think. Yeah. There's a generation or two of people who would want to be following this particular teaching if they really understood what it means. And I think one of the things that it means is accountability. The the thesis of today's show, being the regaining our lost God power, has a lot to do with the fact that we have to know that we do use God's power to create. We've said this many times. This is a, an essential understanding of how we have accountability and how we have karma. And, and if see, there are people that want power, and there's a lot of people in the world that want power. Yeah, no kidding. But they want it to take it and to seize it. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're despots and around the world in power. They've got power, temporal power, but they've got it. If we want the power of God, then we have to prepare ourselves to be the instrument of that power. Yeah. And we have to know that God is the doer and let go of who we are. It's not about us. Okay? It's about God and about being the servant of God. And you need that humility and to surrender your pride and everything else. God will not give you that power unless he can trust you. How does he know <laughs> he can trust you? He tests us. Mm-hmm. And he continues to test us daily. I think that it's one of those things, you know, again, this another theme of ours that's fairly common is that every day we're given a portion of our karma to balance. One of the reasons why we like to decree is some, because we can basically use the violet flame and the blue flame to balance that karma. So we can bas- begin to eat away at the surplus, if you will. <laughs> you know, that well, you know, I just karma. had something happen a, a couple of weeks ago where I was driving to do an errand on something. And normally I do my Michaels in the morning, and then you're done for the day. Well, this was in the afternoon, and I started to leave, and I said, somebody told me you need to do Michaels. Mm-hmm. We are called Archangel Michael. And so I put the decree tape on in my car, and I was doing calls to Archangel Michael. And within five minutes, okay, this person turned in front of me, going down on the freeway. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it was inevitable I was going to hit this guy. I mean, it was it was unreal. And, and how he could ever turn, I don't know. I... I Able, I couldn't stop it. I could break a little bit. And if he missed me by two inches, I'd be surprised. Uh-huh. Oh, my And, gosh. you know, I do not believe that I would have avoided that, that accident if I hadn't made calls to Archangel Michael. Now, I don't do that. I do make brief calls when I go out every time. But something in me said, you need to reinforce your protection. Right. Okay. So that's an understanding of an energy equation. Whatever karma it was or opposition to my life, it doesn't matter. You have to, that's, that's where mastery comes in. And not that I'm masters, but at least I was, you know, God got through to me. You need to make some prayers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is the God power we're talking about because this is this is God within us speaking. And and that's that's pretty powerful stuff. Speaking and doing. You know, again, we yeah. say so often that every thought, word, motive, and deed is energized and animated by the power of God. Mm-hmm. God is life. You know, the last week we were talking about life as a divine opportunity. That's what and, we're talking about. You have to get on the mode that somewhere you're going to perfect the human. It just ain't going to happen. <laughs> it's, <not> gonna happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. How how do you become a greater instrument of God? 
when you let God work through you, your yeah. holy Christ self. You don't lose your identity. It's your real identity to begin with. Yeah. You know, those things that are of your personality that are of God are going to endure. You know, coming up in one of the segments we're going to have in today's show, there is a actual a point that Mrs. Prophet makes about the uh, bringing together, combining the human, well, the divine will with the human, you know, having them coincide rather than conflict. Because otherwise, we're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, you know, the will of God is good. I love that statement. I do, too. The will of yeah, God the will is of, good. It's, who would oppose God's will? It's good. Yeah, absolutely. I know. And, you know, so, so much of the time we think, well, we've got to work to perfect this human. But it, like you said, it ain't going to happen. And yet, and ironically, or I don't know, Zen-wise, <laughs> we have to work on ourselves. We have to work on it. You yeah. know, so you're not perfecting, but you're displacing the human with the Christ. How do you do that? you got to push the human out. You have to gain mastery over some of your habits, whether it's anger, whether it's irritation, sure. you know, um, whatever it is. You know, my daughter doesn't like it when I talk to other drivers, so maybe I have to, <laughs> you know, get that out of my psyche. But, um, you know, so, so remember, you're replacing, you're not changing. Right. And, and how do you get the Christ self? You ask Jesus, you ask your holy Christ self to come into your temple. Work through me, speak through me, act through me. Do it, do it, do it, because self-mastery doesn't just happen. It's, right. not, it's not an accident. Well, uh, we got to take a break. And when we return, we'll hear the first of two excerpts from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet about rediscovering the power of God that we knew when we were first created. Please stay with us. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, 
go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us on The Open Door today. We're continuing our series of the Enlightenment Masterclass with Part 5, which is Regaining Our Lost God Power. Now, desire plays a large role in our spiritual journey. And what is one of our deepest desires? To know God face to face. Here's more. When we have a desire by cosmic law, God surfeits us in the filling of that desire because it's one means of getting us through with the desire and going beyond it. And so unfulfilled desires are always time bombs waiting to go off. When you keep desires in your subconscious, as we've said before, sooner or later you will attract the object of your desiring. So our desire is to be disciples of God. Our desire is to know God face to face to know him through our brothers and sisters on the path. And the pure desire to be like them is what makes a good Sheila and a good disciple. So I think it's important to review what desires we keep and what desires the fallen ones project upon us, which are not our own, that must be rooted out daily. So Kafumi says, because ideas and concepts are so important, and further, because thought is so far-reaching, we have advocated that the disciple shall emulate the master by giving obedience to his own God-self first. A real disciple acts as an extension of the divine will, or arm of his own presence, and reaches out to command that life shall obey the same divine will, which then becomes the conscious controlling factor in the world and mind of the disciple. Not my will, but thine be done. When you see yourself as an extension of the divine will, as an arm of your presence, you will, and God through you, will command life to obey the same divine will, which is the conscious controlling factor in your life. When you do this, meticulously, then you will see that elemental life will obey you. There is no one who does not have experience with the science of the spoken word and the knowledge of elementals who will not be presented with at some time or another the temptation to have an elemental perform a deed that is not God's will, a deed such as getting even with your enemies. That's the favorite temptation. And that's the temptation that is thrown your way. And Mark Prophet taught me that. When you can command elemental forces, you may not command them to bring harm upon any part of life. And if you do so, you will suffer immense consequences. You see, elementals do not have a Christ self. You are their Christ self. If they accept and acknowledge you as their hierarch and leader, 
They are absolutely steadfast in their obedience. And the more you respect the power of God and of yourself as a son of God and do not misuse it, the more power you will receive. And the misuse of power has stripped you of whatever power you've ever been stripped of in the last 25,000 years. And you all know that. I know that. We all know that the misuse of God's energy has resulted in the shrinking of the crystal cord and the tube of light and the threefold flame. So we are on a quest to regain the lost energy, the lost power that we had with God, that we had in the previous golden ages. So when we go over those steps of our karma that we must now balance and redeem, we come to those steps where we misused the power. And for the moment, in the immediate sense, the misuse of power may have great gains. Great financial gains, personality, power gains, political gains, whatever. Taking the shortcut to some kind of fame or glory or personal satisfaction. So you come to those points and you re-experience the opportunity to either do it all over again or to walk away from it and say, I don't want any part of it. I'm walking on for my ascension. If you didn't have that experience, your record could not be marked with your choice. You must receive testing. The world will tempt you. God will not. That's in our rosaries. The apostles taught it. God will never tempt you. Your Christ self will test you. But you will never be tested beyond your ability to meet that test. So elementals are very powerful beings. And therefore we know that God respects cosmic law. All of his ascended masters and archangels do. The hierarchs of the elements do. They never break cosmic law. Can you imagine with all that they know and all that the earth is imperiled, how much of a temptation, quote, it would be to an angel to set aside cosmic law, to spare someone being killed, or to stop a war, or stop a fire, or stop calamity? Can you imagine the burden of the heart of angels when, because of mankind's karma, they must allow these things to happen? And if they didn't allow them to happen, we would get weaker and weaker because we would think, well, if there's any danger, the angels will take care of it. We don't have to worry about it. Instead of ourselves having to understand there are physical laws, chemical laws, laws of cause and effect in every level, if we disobey them, we are hurt. If people take poison, they die. If we leave chemicals under the sink and our newborn baby gets into it, the child may die. It may also be saved because God does intercede. But the terrible calamities that happen are there because earth is a schoolroom. People must learn by their mistakes and by their neglect. Can you imagine how it must rend the heart of the brothers in white that they can only act by law on earth when charged to do so by those of us who have the authority here who are in embodiment. They can only act by God's laws or his divine decrees or his power of intercession through those who make the call. And that they cannot interfere with karma because no one will learn to be good if they don't experience spankings, even though those spankings may ultimately bring about their transition or great suffering.
commanding life, commanding the divine will, and commanding it only according to the will of God is very, very important. And the farther you go along on the path, I can tell you, the more you will find are the complexities and the subtleties of the temptation to misuse energy. And that is one of the things you deal with as you accept new burdens of light, new levels of attainment, and new initiations. You also realize that you will have confrontations which you would never have had when you were a babe in arms. Some have thought that God's will is totally contrary to human will, and this too is a part of man's unfortunate heritage of error. God desires man to be eternally happy and to live here and now in abundance. The Father desires the best gifts for his own beloved Son and knows that any privation is imposed on the prodigal by his own wrong thoughts, which by cosmic law return for redemption. Human will is often destructive, but not always, for in many areas man's will has become imbued with enough sense of cosmic righteousness for him to actually seek cooperation with God. Very important point, your human will may be God's will. So don't sell yourself short. Such unity between divine and human will is a reconversion of the carnal will to the pristine purity of the divine image, which is the hope of the world. <laughs> it's just amazing material. Hmm. You know, I, I realized as I was listening to that that often in these shows, I start out talking very fast because I want to get to the good stuff. <laughs> you know, and this is the good stuff. You know, uh, one of the points that uh, Mrs. Prophet made was that on the subject of testing, that the world will tempt you, but God will not tempt you. He, he'll test you, but he won't tempt you. There's a subtle but very it important is, difference. And you, you understand that God will not allow things into your world unless it's, you know, for your purpose. Right. It's not like, you know, I, people think of God as a tyrant. You know? Right, I know. I always quote that old sermon from the, I think it was the 19th or 18th century, or excuse me, 18th century or 19th century uh, preacher, you know, and his famous sermon was sinners in the hands of an angry God. <laughs> no. Well, you hear that. I mean, what's your what's your vision of God? God's Ooh. a tyrant. He's waiting. As soon as you step out of line, the lightning bolts are coming down, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> we, we can't imagine how much God loves us. But because of free will, you know, he's not going to stop the, the effect of our free will, how will we ever learn? Exactly. You know, when does a soul wake up and say, I've had enough, I've had enough of this world, the pleasures of this world, you know, the good life, quote unquote, I want God. And the soul comes to that point very often after a very intense period of karma. And, you know, it is difficult sometimes to understand why, you know, good things happen, bad things happen to good people. Yeah. And the karmic component is so central to that, but if it's not taught or understood, we don't have a recourse to that the mercy of why this karma is playing out in the first place. Yeah, God, you know, I'm a good guy. Yeah. You know, Don't, why did, did you forget? You know. <laughs> let me let me ask you what? Uh, how would you define the difference between uh, uh, tested, being tested, and being tempted? Well, what's a good example for our listeners? Well, well, I think testing probably falls within that. The what we all understand is God will never test us to a greater degree that we can withstand, so that we we can handle it. The tempting would be something subtle 
off the mark that might push us in a direction. Well, I we, think that's what the fallen angels do. They, they tempt you. That's what they do. She said, you know, God does not tempt us. The world will. But but God will test us because God wants to give us more of himself. Exactly. The right. power, the light, the gifts, the joy, everything. But, you know, we have to be able to hold that energy. And I've told the story before when I was very early on the path and a car cut me off on the freeway after a conference and I got angry and I could feel the light flowing out of me. Sure. I mean, it was just like someone turned on the tap and the light was gone. And, you know, I fell victim. I was naive. I didn't understand things. I never forgot that. So God, I'm sure, tests us every day. Why would he give me more power, more light, if I'm going to lose it every time? Right. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. We all make mistakes. But we've got to be working and striving. Um, you know, you call upon the law of forgiveness when you make a mistake, and then you say, I'm determined. It's like I, I'm, Churchill and others have said, you know, failure is the best, most important word in the English language because we <laughs> learn so much from it. Exactly. Not that we should seek it, I think, but it does happen to all of us because people get discouraged on the path, <laughs> and we can't allow that. If you're striving to the best of your ability and asking God for help, you will make progress. Indeed, and I think we we'll are probably to close this segment on a note of, in the good advice column, uh, one of the things that Mrs. Prophet said early on in that excerpt was that we want to obey God, our God self first. You know, if we can kind of keep that spirit alive, keep that in our focus all the time, to obey the God self first, we will probably make fewer mistakes. That's a first thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, seek cooperation with God, and the unity between the divine will and the human will will indeed become the hope of the world. So, when we come back, how to be a living example of God's love. Please stay with us. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you for staying with us. You know, it has been our privilege and pleasure over the last five weeks, going on six weeks, to present this Enlightenment Masterclass series with you. It's going to continue for a while. There's quite a lot of material behind this, and I'm very eager, as I'm sure this whole team is eager to, to share with you as well. But I wanted to say again that the source material for this entire series is from the book Corona Class Lessons, which is a series of just remarkable dictations and messages from Jesus and Kuthumi, the world teachers. And this is for teaching men the way, basically. This is a wonderful manual. It's one of those bedside books you can benefit from forever. I mean, it's one of those you read and read and read some more and never get enough. Um, Everybody I've spoken with about this book says the same thing. It's just one of those treasures. And if you want to learn more about it, take a look at it. You can go go to tsl.org slash masterclass, tsl.org slash masterclass, and that'll take you right to the book. And of course, you can also find it in our bookstore on tsl.org, just in the bookstore, just put in the search bar, Corona Class Lessons, and of course, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. So anyway, so back to our series here, before we go to this next excerpt, we're talking about regaining our lost God power. And one of the things that we recognize in this show that we continuously repeat is that we are co-creators with God, that every thought, word, motive, and deed does, in fact, become real and animated by God's energy. So there's an accountability that comes with that that is karmic. In the last excerpt, we were listening to a bit of this about why karma has has to outplay itself. And even when it's a terrible situation or seemingly on the surface, it's the mercy of God to give us the opportunity to learn to grow in our mistakes, to get beyond this karmic burden that we've built up over many, many lifetimes to move on and eventually to ascend. And sometimes I tell God, I think I've had enough mercy for a (laughs) while. Time out. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, just remembering the name, just using the name of God, I am that I am. You know, I am here Mm -hmm. in the lower form, that I am in the upper form. It's above, so below. Yeah, yeah, it's a great uh, I am that I am. Well, we really are magnificent beings of light because, in fact, we embody the God energy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I want to uh, get to this next excerpt because it's a really incredible one. And I want to make this point first before we go there, and that is that we have the power, we have the power to change every wrong condition through the power of the light of our Christ attainment. And we all must be willing to share our unique gifts and talents with the world and not be afraid to do our part as God wants us to do. Here's more on that. I am strongly advocating that each disciple shall see his cosmic responsibility to be an example of the Father's love and to accept the wonders of each day as a segment of eternity given into his keeping and trust. To embellish life by correctly using your talents is never a matter of gilding the lily, blessed ones. Do not fear to do your part as God wants you to do. Accept the rigors of karmic conditions only as a temporal necessity and realize that you have the power within your grasp to change every wrong condition by the power of light into Christ's victorious accomplishment. 
accept the rigors of karmic conditions. If life is hard, if circumstances you have to deal with are hard, don't say, I'm a chila of the Ascended Masters, I shouldn't have to experience such privation, such burdens, such difficulties, and therefore decree against them in the sense that you don't live through them and balance them. This is an attitude of people who call themselves metaphysicians. People who call themselves metaphysicians are often in the school of Christian science, unity, divine science, and various other types of positive thinking groups where they think positively and they put up a barrier to anything that could be painful, difficult, or burdensome in life. And what they do is effectively push away their karma and their karmic cycles. I can remember when I was a student of Christian science, many well-meaning people used to say to me, why you don't have to go through that. You shouldn't have to experience that. You shouldn't have to take that situation. And then they'd go on and quote some very nice verses and phrases from the Bible or from Science and Health, which basically are absolute affirmations of God's perfection, which of course we know is true. Moria taught me that when people do this, even in the handling of disease, that they actually postpone the ultimate confrontation of their karma. And the thing in these very difficult and ticklish situations that confront us on the path is that we do have to meet them head on with the violet flame, with wisdom, with patience, with concern, with long-suffering, with endurance, until we work through a situation instead of simply denying it or walking away from it. And this comes into the area of accountability. Jesus was very concerned about events that surrounded him, very involved. He could become angry with the wrath of God. He could become deeply grieved and cry at the death of Lazarus. He experienced extreme compassion for people who were sick because he was involved and could feel their sickness and had the desire to give his life that they might be healed. He experienced life from top to bottom in the fullest sense. Read Isaiah, read Jeremiah, read Hosea, read these people who took upon themselves the burdens of the sins of the people of Israel, though they themselves were not guilty. They suffered, they rent their garments, they wept, they cried out to God. They felt deeply in all of their chakras the burdens of the Lord and the burdens of the people. But the perpetrators of the deeds, the misusers and the despisers of the people, the non-integrated ones, could perform any act of cruelty, murder, deception, betrayal of the Lord and the community. And it would just be a surface happening. A few reptilian tears and, and these individuals are off again. There's no depth of real connection to the living God. So you will find in a situation involving people that the one who is most God-centered will experience the greatest identification with what is happening and the greatest desire to resolve the problem, to take responsibility for solving the problem. The person who has the God contact never walks away, always picks up the pieces, always is concerned, will pay the bill if somebody else doesn't, and so forth. So any of us may from time to time have the experience of 
Instead of facing life, just wanting to cut it off, be disconnected, pull the plug of that experience, walk away from it, and not think about it. That's not always possible. There are ramifications to the way one has lived, and one must deal with it in a mature way, in the best way possible. The power that is in us, the power that is in us of cosmic responsibility to be an example of love must be built upon. You must strive for integration and connection not only to your Christ self, but to your four lower bodies. You can't cut off yourself at the middle and disallow the karma of that electronic belt of the past million years. It's hard to realize you've been on this earth a million years, so why don't you start with 500,000? <laughs> if you can't deal with that, how about 5,000? That's about as far as our fundamentalist friends want to consider that life has lived on this planet. But the fact of the matter is you've been around a long time. And the path cannot be entered so that you can detach yourself from the wagon train of, of this whole past existence. We have to deal with it. We deal with it on a daily basis, little by little. It has to be worked with. And if you're going to experience pain, go ahead and let yourself experience the pain. God gives us senses. Remember, Jesus taught us in the last lesson. We have the five senses, and we are not about to take a whole list of drugs and painkillers or drown ourselves in alcohol or marijuana to be free from the experience of tension. If life is tense, then we have to become the Buddha to transmute that tension and to learn to get the mastery over it. That's what life is teaching us. And if we've got a pain in our body, we better fast and pray and consult some good dictionaries on medicine and herb cures and see a doctor if we have to, to heal that body. So if it's painful to admit that you've done wrong, experience the pain. Suffer, cry, kneel before God, ask his forgiveness, be penitent, Correct your life. Do better. Promise to do better. Guard yourself and do better. But whatever you do, don't cut it off and walk away from it. If you have to cry because somebody is going to die in your life, somebody's sick, a relative, experience the grief. Don't say an ascended Master Chila should never cry or experience grief. That's not true. You have to experience what you're experiencing until through it you come through it and above it and transcend it and, and take the lesson with you. Being a chila is not becoming someone that is cut off from human feelings, human desires or human thoughts. If they are there, you have to decide what to do with them. Either transmute them, live through them, exalt them, redirect them, but if they are there, they are a part of you, they have been there before, they may be there again if you just deny them. And you will not gain the mastery of your life. So many gems in there, I wouldn't know where to begin. <laughs> you know, one of the things is build ourselves daily as examples of love and don't push away karmic cycles. 
That's, I mean, where in the world are you taught that? You know, you're <laughs> no supposed way. to have the quote-unquote good life, right? Yes, exactly. Everything goes well, the white picket fence, whatever it is, you know. Right. And I, I think, if I may, Tom, sure. you know, I used to think, I was very naive in my youth, maybe still am, I don't know. <laughs> but I used to think, you know, I could sort of figure out the spiritual path on my own, which, of course, oh. was not true. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, we think, we think, well, this is how this should work, that should work, and might have been logical, but just it's not the way life is. No. And and so this is what this gives us, which I am so excited about and why I'm a student of the Senate Masters for a long time, is the, the, the understanding of who we are, how we got here. You know, we don't run away from our karma. We deal with it. And you deal with it spiritually and physically if you have to. You know, if you're if you're caring for an elderly or a sick person, there's a reason for that. Give it all your love, you yeah. know. And do that. And it's so easy to turn away and say, look, I've only got one life to lead, which, of course, is false in itself, and I'm going to take care of myself. And you see it manifest in so many people that have mastered this and give of themselves and the love that grows in them, and they become transformed. And, and they experience the joy of victory. Yeah, and the joy <laughs> of service, serving God or serving a soul. And, you know, it's, it's the guru-chila relationship, and that's why we study the, you know, you think that you, once you've gone through 12 years of school, schooling, you know, as a youth, you know, <laughs> that you're done. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. not so. And that's the reason that we have we get so much joy out of uh, out of experiencing this guru chila relationship with the ascended masters and the and the messengers and one thing and another is we we're always learning you know something the hits just keep on coming <laughs> they, they do more, more ways than one yes. more ways than one well when we return we'll wrap up part five of our series and look ahead to part six the fifty one percent solution hmm. I wonder what that's about. Sounds like a Sherlock Holmes book. It sure does, doesn't it? (laughs) We'll be back in a moment. Please stay with us. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep, personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. Indeed, we are back once again. Thank you for staying with us. You're listening to The Open Door. And today we're in part five of our series, Enlightenment Masterclass. We're talking about the the, the, the lost, regaining our lost power, our lost God power. And with the power of God, comes responsibility. And you might read that in some respects in relation to pride. 
Well, you know, I think, Tom, it's, it's very important. To, it's a balance here. You know, you mentioned the magnificent beings that we are, our God presence, which is truly magnificent. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be careful that we don't think our human consciousness is magnificent, the God within us. And, you know, the qualities that we've achieved in all our embodiments, our causal body, which is all our treasures in heaven. We do have a lot of good things we've done. It's not, you know, right. not 100% <laughs> Not all negative. bad karma. Fact, the majority is good. But, <laughs> but the point is, it's, pride can be so subtle. And, of course, pride was how Lucifer fell on. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very careful that we understand we can take, pr- I take pride in God, in me. I'm proud of my mighty I am presence. It's so magnificent, but it's God. It's not me, so to speak. Right. And and so you kind of getting out of yourself. And I think I was sharing with the gentleman during the break there, there's a teaching that said that people can, can do everything necessary to win their ascension. And people have done that. And when they get the final review by the powers that be in heaven, they're turned away because they still have pride. And it can be so subtle. It's very overt in some people, Mm -hmm. performers and so on and so forth. But the people on the spiritual path really need to be aware of it. God, show me pride in my life. Show me where I need to correct it. Show me how to understand it so I don't become the victim of my own pride. Because Mrs. Prophet talked, I don't know, was one of the excerpts about people that when they get power, they, you know, tempted it for great gains, financial, personality, political, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, they get tempted um, to go after those things. And so one of the things on the path when you get power that comes to people is the test. And think about this a minute. Let us do evil that good might come. <laughs> In other words, the temptation comes to do something you know it's not quite right. But look at all the good is going to come from it. And, and there's, we've been taught how the fallen ones have used this technique to tempt people. Yeah. Yes, you, you know, leave the mystery school of Maitreya and the path of your ascension because of all the good you're going to do. Well, it was evil to our souls to turn our back on God. And we paid the price for that. Well, why do we do it? Well, think of all the good that's going to come. So pride is one of those things that we have. You know, let me interrupt you for a moment. Uh, in a series of um, dictations from Kuthumi, one of the world teachers who's in the Corona Class Lessons, he talks about the kernel of error can lead to a mountain of evil. Wow. You know, that it was just a little teeny tiny baby step away from the entire truth. You could lead you off into not only the weeds, but eventually to to be denied your ascension. Yeah. Just like you said at the beginning. It's a remarkable idea to remember that God is the doer. So you give God the glory. And you don't lose your identity when you honor that. Right. It's, it's who you are, your holy Christ self. And so when you reach that point, you realize, again, we can't perfect the human, but God worked through me. God teach me. You know, one of the things I was sharing with someone earlier today that I learned on the path at a certain point I better be having a lot of knee time before <laughs> yeah. God because we have these old momentums. If Mrs. Prophet says we've been around a million years or whatever, you know, we have errors from the past and they come up of our subconscious when the karma comes due. How do we avoid falling into the trap that maybe we've fallen for a hundred times and never overcome it? And I think it's by giving ourselves to God in humility and the, and the sincere plea of a chill on the path, God, deliver me from those momentums that have prevented me in my service in my path. If I have pride, show it to me. So I can correct it. Yeah. I mean, we're all sincere. It's not yeah. that we're not sincere, mm-hmm. but we can fall into these traps, whether they're by the fallen ones or our own karma, that prevents saying, whoa, time out here. <laughs> this is not where I want to be. And you can avoid that through the spoken word, the transportation of violet flame, and being humble for God and your fellow man. Be proud of God. And we don't. God does not want wallflowers to sit back and are afraid to act because it might be prideful of me. Right. I mean, what if George Washington has said, you know, I'm yeah. not worthy to do this, to lead this army. I mean, oh, 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 oh. Here, Bob, you do it. 
And look what he accomplished in yeah. God. And so, yes, we're active, but we also have that component where we are on our knees and ask God to help us to see, you know, one of the prayers I make every day of my life is God deliver me from self-delusion. <laughs> That's a great one. Wow. Because it's so, it, you're blind to it. Mm-hmm. God, I don't want to delude myself about who I am, where I am, or what I'm doing. And so help me, God, you know. And God, in his mercy and grace, looks down and says, you know, this person or person, these people are sincere. I'm going to help them. But if we think, you know, I've got all the answers. I'm a Chilo, the ascended master. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't need any help. It's a short trip after that, I can (laughs) tell you. Boom. And the subtleties of the temptation. One more thing, and then I'll show you. (laughs) Sure. You can walk this path. All the things we talk about, yes, they're challenging, they're difficult, we want to be careful of this or that, but this is God's help. This is God's way of telling us, you can walk this, you can do these things, you know, take them as you come, I won't overwhelm you, I won't tempt you upon your ability, but once you take that, that determination to come home to me, you know, these things will come to you, but don't be afraid of them. Be wise and study these teachings because they have so many keys, but you can do it. This path has been walked before, and you can walk it with God's help. You know, one of the reference points for what you're you're speaking about is the fact that many times we come back again and again to the same point, to the same same test. And uh, many times, too, I mean, it's a test of pride that we come back to the same point. Why do we continue, some of us, to be in leadership positions, for example? Because we failed a test at a certain point. We're giving the opportunity, by God's mercy, to get there again. And, And people might think, I'm the chosen one. You know, yeah, right. look, I'm the leader of this or that. You know, I must be special. Well, you may have some attainment in that area, but you also may have karma. It's the wrong kind of special. <laughs> and, and this is where the violet flame can come in real handy, too, because oh, you always. can make the call. You know, specifically, you can say, God, uh, through these decrees, these violet flame decrees that I want to give, uh, I want you to show me where there is pride in my life. And, t- and transmute some of it. Yeah. I don't want it. It's not who I really am. I want to be rid of it. But strip the veils from my yeah. from my eyes, yeah. you know. The, uh, so so let me see where it is. And, I mean, it, it's important if you do that. Excuse me, Terry. Yeah. If you don't identify with your karma. Exactly. Okay. Yes. In other words, right. you have karma to deal with, but it's not who you are. It's an account of, it's a debt you owe to the bank, to the cosmic bank. So you're going to balance it. But don't become that karma. Right. Oh, I'm a terrible person. I have anger. I'm an angry person. Don't affirm that. You may have anger. You know, you may have sinned, but you're not a sinner. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the that's one of the world's temptations in the Orthodox view is that you are a worthless sinner. Why bother? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. But we are not. Lord, I am worthy, make me worthier still. Yes. Well, I I had a conversation with a couple of ministers back a number of years ago, and they challenged me on spiritual pride. And I, I, I didn't have a clue as to what they were talking about. <laughs> so, you know, you just keep doing your decrees. Well, you know, that's interesting because what we see in others, we strengthen in ourselves. Yeah. Those people pointing the fingers should be looking at themselves, <laughs> not at you. <laughs> well, um, before we close out today's show, and thank you very much again for staying with us. All of you out there, this is, again, as we say many times, no accidents involved here. This is something that your soul has brought you to for a very specific purpose, perhaps just maybe to remind you that you are, in fact, a child, a son and daughter of God with all the innate God power that could be manifest through you. So next week in the Enlightenment Masterclass, Part 6, the 51% solution. Mm. And of course, for those of you, our astute readers and listeners here, you know that we're talking about balancing our karma. We've talked a lot about karma today. Well, how much of that karma can we balance and then make our ascension? As we know, that's 
So we'll kind of dive into that a little bit more next, not next week. Next week is the 4th of July here. Of course, everybody listening on the archives won't recognize this. <laughs> but the pull day for us on live shows is that two weeks from today, we'll be talking about the 51% solution. The best news in the past 25,000 years. <laughs> Indeed. And, Headline news for our souls. And stay in touch with us. We're at webradio at mm-hmm. tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org, and we're grateful for the opportunity to be in touch with you. Always. And though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are, are out, out of, of this, this world. world. God bless you, everyone. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.